0: Into episode 15 of the Sources Say Podcast, a brand new addition to the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and I am joined by no one today. This is me riding solo. Uh, just figured with some rather significant news earlier in the day with Devin Askew reclassifying to the class of 2020, figured it would be kind of a, a Kind of a little bit of fun to just kind of do a brief rundown of the National Signing Day ceremony or, you know, the festivities going on and, and kind of do a brief summary of where things stand uh, with, with Kentucky's Class of 2020. So... This is going to be a little bit different today Because obviously I, I'm not joined by Travis Graff and David Sisk They will be back next week for our Usual show I believe actually because UK plays on Monday night We'll be able to record as usual On Tuesday So uh, don't hold me to that I'll, I'll keep you guys updated on Twitter uh, Just follow along there At Jack Pilgrim KSR And I also want to touch briefly There were some audio issues on this, on the last podcast So I kind of figured it'd be nice to to throw in another one as a bonus, as a as an apology for some of the audio issues, I think both Travis and David were on speakerphone phone. Um, they they had to call into the show. We're still juggling podcast equipment, so they had to call in. And and I don't know if one of them was on speaker or whatever, but it kind of it kind of caused some distortedness uh, just a little bit. So. I appreciate you guys fighting through that one. If if you guys were able to, uh, we we dropped a whole bunch of good stuff. I think on on UK's loss to Evansville. Glad we got that out of the way and got a little little preview of of Isaiah Jackson's decision happening on Saturday uh, among a bunch of other good stuff. So yeah, let's get right into it. Uh, the big news today: Devin Askew shocks the. Recruiting analysts and Kentucky fans by announcing that he's going to be reclassifying to the class of 2020 as expected. Now, the, the reason why it was such a surprise is because he had been so adamant uh, about waiting to make his reclassification decision until the end of at the end of his his junior season at modern day, uh, he wanted to get his commitment out of the way, commit to Kentucky and then kind of just wait things out a little bit. And then once once springtime ro- once the springtime rolled around and and the spring signing period opened up, he was ultimately the, the goal was to decide then that he was going to reclassify to the class of 2020. In fact, modern day, I think two days ago on Wednesday, they held a national signing day ceremony with some of their other athletes and on some of the other their other sports, you know, football, track, you know, they 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 kind of held a joint a, a joint announcement with with all that, and he was in attendance, but he was just watching, he was not participating, so this had this decision must have come over the last day or two uh, and it's it's rather it's it's a pretty significant one because as much as everybody knew that this that this was happening that that it was 98% likely that he was going to reclassify to 2020 that was kind of well known even when he made his original commitment that that would be the end goal you know it's it's never a, den, un, a done deal until pen hits paper and i think that is what Makes this news so big, especially coming off of the heartbreaking loss of of Cade Cunningham and him him announcing that he was going to commit to Oklahoma State and him ultimately signing with Oklahoma State. Um, Kentucky was left needing a lead point guard. They needed somebody to run run the offense, run the show next year, and. Until he was officially a member of the class of twenty twenty, he wasn't a member of the class of twenty twenty. and and as as much as people assumed and penciled him in as that as that as that option, it's never final until it's final. So that's what makes today's news so massive. I've been on this podcast several times in the past, telling the world how much I love this kid. I am such a fan of Devin Askew's game. Um Devin actually joined. See, Terrence Clark was the first to commit, or the first to sign, rather, on Wednesday morning. I believe Evan Daniels was was the first person to break that news, and then uh, I believe the UK UK officially announced it on Thursday morning, and that was followed by Lance Ware, you know, four four star forward out of Camden, New Jersey, officially signing. In the afternoon on Thursday, about three thirty or four, about three thirty or so, and then uh, this didn't go public. It, it did go public, but UK still, to this day, to to this, as of this recording, has not put out an official um an official statement on it, and 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 that's that's a little strange, but. He did sign his, his paperwork. I don't know if they're just waiting for B J Boston to officially sign and, and kinda do it. Uh, they did Terrence Clark and Lance Ware two at a time, you know, two on the same day. Uh, you know, maybe we're expecting one later today. Maybe, maybe by the time you listen to this, we'll we will have that official tweet from from the Kentucky basketball account. And you know, maybe we're still waiting on BJ Boston. That's that's kind of the big one that that we're waiting on. He said his father told Kristen Peake of Rivals. dot com that. It was happening this week that it's a done deal that it that you know fans shouldn't be worried about it. It's more about a logistics issue and and trying to figure out when to do it with some of the other, uh, Sierra, Sierra Canyon kids. So that is that is a non-issue, but it is something that that we at least need to address. Usually, once everybody gets their their uh, letters of intent in, that's when Calipari uh, releases a, a statement with quotes on all of them, and I'm sure he's gonna. Hype up all of his players a, a whole lot, and and give them the well-deserved praise because he has done a phenomenal, phenomenal job building this recruiting class. You know, five after B.J. Boston signs, we're talking about five signatures already, and the signing period just started. We haven't even gotten into the spring, and and some of the late the late guys like Greg Brown and and shoot we still have Isaiah Jackson's decision tomorrow so that we it could end up being being six six signatures before we even get into the senior, the senior season of, of high school basketball so it's it's just absolutely crazy um but yeah Devin ask you that was so massive because it that that Kate Cunningham news hurt it did it 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 was definitely a, a stinger um that was one that um, I believe Evan Daniels went on Kentucky roll call the other day and got interviewed by by TJ Walker and Nick Rausch and said something along the lines of after his visit to after his visit to Kentucky, he was ready to cancel his official visit to Washington and commit. And we had been kind of flirting flirting with, with that and, and how how good UK felt about about their their position with Cade uh, following their his official visit to Lexington and it was just very strange that there was no buzz about Florida after that visit Um, the North Carolina buzz was there but it died out rather quickly and when Kentucky, the Kentucky visit happened, the buzz was there, and it stayed there. It was it was fairly prominent, and I've said on the podcast before. They the Kentucky coaching staff is very very optimistic on pretty much all recruits. They they are you know. Having the number one and number two recruiting class for ten straight years will do that to you. You you feel confident on guys that you know fringe guys like you know you get a Kevin Knox situation where they felt fairly confident about how about how they recruited that kid and he ended up signing on the dotted line when everybody assumed he was going elsewhere. Um, you know Jamal Murray, Bam Adebayo, those those back and forth recruitments that, that could have gone anywhere, they ended up winning out of the end. So this was another one of those that Cade was a lock to Oklahoma State for a long time. They kind of weaseled their way way in, you know, they were sitting at third place or so and then kind of worked their way up and, and got neck and neck with North Carolina and then worked their way up and got neck and neck with Oklahoma State. They they pushed their way, you know, fought all those visits all those sky miles that, that Calipari had i mean they added up so quickly uk did a phenomenal job recruiting them and they just they lost it it was it he said it in his in his announcement blood's thicker than water but there was a time that it wasn't even the kentucky coaching staff confident we were talking about people down in texas thought you know around he, he's from the arlington texas area people down close to his hometown thought this is trending toward Kentucky, and if I had to put my money on it right now, I think Kentucky would get them. People in North Carolina, they conceded the the North Carolina staff. They thought, yeah, we lost them. It's not happening. They they looked at their other options, got commitment commitments elsewhere, and they you know they they thought that Kentucky had taken over, and there were some individuals and and. I had said on the on the podcast several times. I never thought Oklahoma State thought they were out, but there were people in Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State that that thought that that got a little bit worried about how well Kentucky how how well Kentucky did on their visit and and the pitch Cal, uh, Cal Perry gave to. To Cunningham, it worked. It was a phenomenal pitch. They developed a great rela- He developed a great relationship with Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston. Uh, th- those guys that are already committed and, and now signed. Uh, they've done a phenom. They did a phenomenal job recruiting him. And at the very end of the day, I mean, he even said in his announcement, he said, "I was very, very close to." Going somewhere else? And that school was Kentucky. I, I I assure you. I promise you that school was Kentucky, and it just didn't happen. And yes, that that was a miss. And and there there were a few comments on KSR that were going, "Oh, you guys, you guys missed. Just admit that you got it wrong." Yes, yes, we got that wrong. That's fine. Like I, I'm. I ne- have never claimed to to get every single recruitment right. I feel confident in the stuff that that we've been putting out. I mean, we talked about us talking to Cade personally, one-on-one and and us breaking the news, you know, about K- uh, Calipari visiting him down in Florida the week before his uh, official visit to Kentucky. Like, we have been pretty blunt back and forth about How things have gone and how fluid situations are. And we know now that Calipari did that 100% because he had Devin Askew in his back pocket, because he had Terrence Clark already committed, because he had BJ Boston already, already ready to roll. He was able to put all of his eggs in one basket with Cade Cunningham and said, you know what? If we get him, it was a massive recruiting win for us, a major upset because this time in July, it was a done deal. This recruitment was one hundred thousand percent over. Nobody, nobody. I mean, th- there were like seventeen straight crystal ball picks th- in favor of Oklahoma State. Like it was a done deal. And Kentucky worked their way all the way up. And yes, they finished second for another another recruit. It sucks. It it, it stings. But the only reason why we're even in this position is because Calipari had asked you, Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston lined up he already had his his superstar backcourt ready to roll. It was just about hey, we're already, you know, this is already on the fringe of being ridiculous. Let's just get even more ridiculous. Let's just let's just go all in and and, and really shock the world by by creating one of I mean, that backcourt would have been easily the best in college basketball next year, but it, but in terms of Calipari's best, I mean, I would I would put that uh, a a backcourt of Cade Cunningham B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, and Devin Askew coming off the bench and shoot if Emmanuel quickly comes back or whatever. I'd put that against any other backcourt that can, that Calipari ever had at Kentucky ever. I mean that, that is that was a monster monster class, and it didn't work out and. That's fine. Like it, that, that doesn't mean that the class is, is now over and and like the, like Perry's not losing any sleep over this one. He he knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew it was an uphill climb. They were confident with what they did. Other people around in recruiting circles started getting fairly worried that Kentucky had overtaken it and. At the end of the day, blood's thicker than water. He went home. There was enough time for him to sit down with his family, and 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 the longer that it took for him to you know, outside of his visit, the the better uh, the better Oklahoma State had with with their chances. So, very very happy that Devin that Devin Askew is reclassified, signed on the dotted line, going to Kentucky. They get one of the best floor generals in all of high school basketball. A player, I am 100% confident, can lead this team to a Final Four. Um, he, he, he's a, a phenomenal game manager, knockdown shooter, considered one of the best shooting guards—not shooting guards, but shooting point guards—in all of high school basketball. Uh, just on the Eybl circuit alone, he, he shot 46.2% from three, averaged 16.2% uh, 16.2 points per game on the uh, uh, at Peach Jam um there's one game i actually just wrote a post about it on KSR that he got matched up with with Cade Cunningham on uh, in the Peach Jam bracket quarter uh, quarterfinals and he held Cade Cunningham to his lowest point total in the entire AAU season literally Cade Cunningham finished with lower than 10 points the the one other one other than this this game i'm talking about he had 9 points so He's he has finished with nine points or more in every single AAU game, av- averaging 25 points per game throughout the entire circuit, except for the one game that he he went heads up with Devin Askew, considered a a gritty tough you know pit bull of a defender, went heads up with him and finished with six points on two of eight shooting, over one from from three. He had 11 11 rebounds and 10 assists. He you know he he still made an impact on the game, but he didn't touch that scoreboard and. A lot of that had to do with what Devin Askey did He's a grinder, he's a competitor And Kentucky fans should 100,000% be thrilled That he is signed on the dotted line Ready to go um, For next season Now um, We we can... Go a little bit in on on each of each of these recruits. I, I'm, this isn't going to be a long one. I, I just wanted to kind of uh, I had the podcast equipment sitting next to me, and I decided, you know what, this is pretty pretty substantial news. Something Kentucky fans should be excited about, and uh, I just figured I'd, I'd throw it on and then record a, a quick little quick little something here, so I can run through. Uh, some of the other signing, some of the other guys that are committed and/or signed. Uh, probably by the time you listen to this, they'll be, they'll all be signed. Just kind of go through, use this as like a, a signing day primer uh, uh, of sorts, and kind of break down all of the players that Kentucky has locked up. Um, we already talked about Devin Askew, what he brings to the table. Terrence Clark. Terrence broke the trend for John Calipari. In terms of getting a, a top five talent I mean, he was the first top five recruit That that John Calipari got since Scalabissier in t- 2015 I mean, that is a massive, massive recruit They've gotten guys like De'Aaron Fox They've gotten guys like, shoot, EJ Montgomery was was in the top ten Khalil Whitney was ranked in the top ten um, Bam Adebayo, Malik Monk They've had guys that were legitimate uh Legitimate top ten talent, but for whatever reason they've been able, they have been unable to break that top five barrier, and it's it's been frustrating for me That that has been a a crazy crazy um, adjustment for them, and they finally got the player to break that trend, and that is. Terrence Clark, six foot seven, a true six foot seven, uh, 185. He's 185 pounds. He's going to need to put on some weight, but man, when you are looking for a pure scorer. That the Terrence Clark has you. I mean, that is exactly what you're looking for. The dude can flat out get buckets. Super athletic. He's a slithery, you know, kind of squeaky type guy. He he can just find open holes and, and find space, create space out of nothing, uh, create open lanes to the basket and 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 thrive. He is he is phenomenal at that. Um, his jump shot is okay. It is something that that he is definitely needing to work on. There's a little slight hitch in it uh, that that kind of Creates a, a kind of a two step movement at, at, when when he's shooting the ball instead of a fluid um, you know good pocket release that that you you see from some of the other elite shooters so that that is something that he's going to need to work on at least a little bit but the he he at least he at least has the confidence as a shooter to um, where he's not going to be a liability by any by any stretch he's just a, I I would say he's just an average shooter at this point in time um, I. I think he, I think he does project as an elite three, as an elite perimeter defender. Um, You know, he's super long, great, great wingspan. uh, Just very for his size, how coordinated he is, and smooth, and how fluid he is. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive, and, and. There's, I mean, there's a reason that he's a top five kid. I, I still, I I mentioned this on the podcast um, the other day. It it is just laughable that ESPN has him outside the top ten. I think they have him at number thirteen overall. It's, it's embarrassing. There's no reason for that. He is one thousand percent, one thousand percent a a top five kid. Not, not even, not even a top ten. He's a top five kid. And actually, as I am recording this, Devin Askew's move officially. Puts Kentucky back on top With the number one recruiting class in the country How about that Uh, I'm opening this up now Let's see where they moved him Oh This is a very unique reaction You're getting this as I'm reading it right now 24-7 sports put Askew At number 27 Overall After being I think number 10 In the class of 2021 Where is How do you drop 17 spots. How does that even happen? The number 7 combo guard in the class of 2020. What that is that is fairly I mean I mean it's it's great that Kentucky has overtaken uh that that they have overtaken Duke for the number 1 spot with one less commit, mind you, with one less signature, mind you. That's pretty impressive. Duke has 6, uh Kentucky has 5. But I am sorry, I am not buying this. This Devin Askew, 24/7 Sports has him at 27 overall, but on composite on the on the composite rankings, he is number 18 overall and the number four combo guard. That's something I would get. I, I can stand behind 18, 18 overall. I, I'd put him probably at 14, 14 or 15 range. Um, but but yeah, that, I, I don't buy that at all. But Kentucky has the number one recruiting class in the nation. Uh, now has topped Duke and North Carolina. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal start to this. Uh, I, I just went through Terrence Clark a little bit. Uh, Lance Ware is the next the next signee that that he fin- He signed on the dotted line on Thursday afternoon. He is. One of the most underrated guys in the country. If you ask those close to him, I talked to Andy Borman, his AAU coach, who's actually uh, also had co- the uh, he's the dir- director of the New York Renaissance AAU program, and which is also the home of of number one prospect Jonathan Kaminga. So that is a, a very good connection right there for folks hoping that that Jonathan Kaminga ends up at Kentucky, but. Um I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago um and specifically about Lance Ware and I and I'm, he said he'd jump on this show here here soon and, and kind of break down uh what, what he thought about Lance Ware and all that, but he swears that Lance Ware by the by the time he he finishes his senior year that he will be a top fifteen recruit in the nation. I mean he's his stock is is jumping like crazy right now. I think he was a a top forty Ish kid um, going Into the summer and then by the end Of it he was pushing I'm pulling Up his numbers right now um, But he was uh, On 24-7 sports they have him At 35 overall 34 Composite I believe Rivals.com has him listed At 32 overall And ESPN Has him at 43, that, that needs to change. ESPN's just so behind, In, in some of their rankings, it's it, it's just very frustrating. It, it seems like they're just one step behind everybody else. But um, he is a guy that I would not be shocked in the slightest. If I, I don't know if I see top 15, but I do see him as a legitimate top 20, top 25 kid. Um, I mean, it, it, he is a true six foot nine, pushing six foot ten, uh, 215, 200 pounds, super smooth, and, and just kind of a, a gifted left. I mean, he, for for his size, he is so smooth, so smooth around the basket. Um, really, I mean, he has range out to uh, the you know fifteen, seventeen feet out. He's he's. Very, very impressive in that sense um, Very gifted ball handler Or not ball handler, rebounder He is just a, a high effort High intensity player um, Average 11.7 points 10 rebounds per game as a junior last year Uh Helped lead, help lead Camden, High, Camden Heights High School to the South Jersey Group Two final. Um, ended up losing to the eventual state champion uh, by by two points in that game. Um, he, he was the number three scorer and kind of the, the third overall option for that Camden team. And I believe they're they're losing either one for certain, possibly both of those those. Um, Top scorers this year, so he's expected to be one of the go-to options on that on that Camden team. Camden team this season, um, yeah. I mean, just su- smooth fadeaway jumper, uh, f- decent ball handling skills. I mean, not. not I mean, he's not going to be running, you know, running the offense by any means, but he he's enough to to. Uh, enough of a a solid ball handler to where he could grab a rebound and go if he if if need be. He um you know just a tireless rebounder can re can block shots. Um just a very very high effort. I think he averaged upwards of like two point five blocks per game uh, during the Peach Jam Finals, which is phenomenal. Yeah, uh fourteen point four points, six point four rebounds and two point four blocks. Um at at Peach Jam this year. So yeah, he's a very high intensity guy out of New Jersey, and by the sound of things, he—he, uh, he, I mean, at, I believe at, M- at Madison Square Garden, during at the Champions Classic, he was sitting with Khalil Whitney's family. He was sitting with Cliff he He's sitting with Jonathan Kaminga. That whole New Jersey area of of kids and the, and family members—they were all sitting together, and that that can't hurt anything. I mean, it, I don't know how much it actually helped, but. I mean, it, it 100% can't hurt I know for certain that Jonathan Kaminga was um, I couldn't get a confirmation that he was sitting That he was in the UK locker room But he was there I mean, he was r- right around there uh, If he wasn't wasn't in there Hanging out with John Wall Hanging out with some of the other big name Former UK guys So that, is, that 100% can't, can't hurt And I, I've heard since then that he was there A lot of people were like, oh, he was just there for, for Duke He was just there to, to see some good basketball Close to his home I was told that, that that was at the request of UK and that they wanted him there and he was a guest of UK, not not anything, not anything, uh, just there as a fan, as, as a casual fan. That that was there. That that happened by design. Um, I believe Cliff Omarui might have been as well, but that that part I I haven't been able to confirm. Um, but but yes, the, it it was a great great. Group of individuals uh, That you definitely want together Khalil Whitney's family is very high on Kentucky And and obviously was uh, Very likely giving Very high praise of of the guys And and, um, his experience so far At Kentucky so it it is Not bad company to to have in the slightest Um, Now As high as I am on Lance Ware I still Have questions about Cameron Fletcher There is There is no, there's no doubt about it that he's an athletic freak. That he is a dude that I mean, once you get him in transition, oh my goodness, man, he he can dunk all over you. He's he's a strong kid. Um, projects as an elite, elite defender. I mean, he he's he's there's a reason that UK has kind of recruited him as a Michael Kidd-Gilchrist type, uh, intense from a, in a from an intensity and and pure uh, just defensive standpoint. That I mean the, the the there's a reason that the, that's a comparison like they're 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 comparable players in that sense, offensively night and day difference. I, th- I think I think Michael Kidd Gilchrist was so skilled around the basket and and you knew how to use his. Strength and his athleticism, and and could get to the basket with ease, and and I know he's kind of fallen off a little bit in the NBA, but I mean, there's a reason that he was a number one, number two level recruit for forever. I mean, his whole his whole high school career, he was at the top of the recruiting rankings, um, and there's a reason that he was the number one, number two draft pick, even if it was Michael Jordan drafting him. Uh, there there was a reason that he had that high level. Uh, his stock was so high, so that is that is the ceiling i'd say from from a college perspective the floor which i think he will be closer to closer to being is just there there's a lot of problems with his offensive game he he really really struggles shooting the ball um there's he has a high motor um when he wants to be but he he does have a tendency of taking plays off at times and and um, there there were some rumblings around you know the AAU AAU circuits that he sometimes can be a hot-headed you know just um, kind of up and down type player not a, not a chemistry like a locker room cancer and I, I don't want to say anything like that but that there were just some there were a lot there was a lot of fluidity with 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 his personality and and that kind of of, of play, played a part into to what he brought to the table on the floor. And that is something that I think Calipari is going to need to address rather quickly and kind of just let him know that this is a, a you know once he gets on campus he has to um he 100% has to to get his head on straight and and have the end goal of championship or bust. Like the, the, he needs to make sure that that they are all on the same wavelength with that and that that's going to be a big part of it but i i do i do think he has a lot of potential um but i that i just still need to see a whole lot from him this coming year as a senior maybe he takes a massive a massive jump but he fell a lot in the rankings and that's one that I am not necessarily griping about. That's one that I think that it was a it, his fall was was just justified. I think at least slightly. I think I think there's a reason he's a top fifty kid right now instead of a top thirty. So that he he, he remains to be that remains to be seen. I'm waiting on that. We'll see how that goes. Um, B.J. Boston. I don't know how I skipped skip from from Terrence Clark to. Uh, Lance Ware, because B.J. Boston fits smack dab in, the, in between as yet another top ten kid. That's another one I am just thrilled about. I mean, some of the some of the things that he has shown so far at Sierra Canyon. Um, I believe David said on the podcast this week that there are rumblings out at Sierra Canyon that he's better than Zaire Williams right now, who is a top five kid in the country. Um, you know, just there, there's a reason he's a top five kid in the nation, and B.J. Boston has been outplaying him so far in terms of a pure scorer. Oh my goodness! He just—he does it all. He can score at all three levels. Very gifted, soft hands around the basket. I mean, just very, um, just nice touch. Um, beautiful, b- beautiful dribble package. I mean, the dude knows how to score in the mid mid range. Step back jumpers, um, you know, fadeaway shots. He can create space with the best of them. He's quick. He has very nice lateral quickness. I'm super, super high on his game, and uh, I, 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 I just I see all these highlights of him and think, man, that is the one player that could be so, so phenomenal this year at, at Kentucky on this team because you have Keon Brooks and Khalil Whitney on the wing who are they, they are good at what they are. I think obviously they didn't show that against Evansville, but at their best, they they are high versatility, um, you know, elite ath- athletes. But n- they neither of them were projected to be high level scorers. They were they were kind of just projected to be um, you know multi tool type guys that can kind of bring a lot of different things to the table, not just as a pure scorer. Uh, Tyrese Max, who was brought in to be a pure scorer. Emmanuel quickly. It sh- should be a a you know, he he has been pr- impressive as a pure scorer. Um, he struggled as a as a freshman, but he's definitely picked picked up where he left off uh, coming out of high school. Ashton Hagens has not been seen as a major scorer, but um, you know as an elite defender and, and all that that he's kind of his own his own beast. But on the wing, they need that th- that'd be the perfect perfect player to have on, on the wing Johnny Juzang he's he's a shooter but he's not a, he's not a true scorer he's in, in and he's really hasn't been a great shooter to start the year either but yeah BJ Boston would have been a phenomenal phenomenal player to throw in there um to throw his hat in the ring this year that would have been that would have been very impressive I mean he's a true uh, I believe Kristen Peak said he was a Pushing 6'8 now push, when, when she went out to see him at, at Sierra Canyon that he was pushing 6'8 Which is just ridiculous con- considering How gifted he is as a ball handler And as a scorer I mean the dude The dude has Brandon Ingram Comparisons and Brandon Ingram is now putting up 30 30 points regularly At, at the NBA level I mean that's that is a, An elite scorer he had a phenomenal year Reason there's a reason he went number two In the draft Had a Duke uh, a couple years Back so that's a player I'm very high on. He's going to need to put on weight. He has nice touch around the basket and and um, very gifted, very gifted scoring. Even despite his weight issues, he's very very thin. Um, I, I, he's listed at like 185, but I I'd, I'd be shocked if he's that. I, I think he's pushing more uh, 100 170 pounds, 175 pounds or so. He's going to need to put on weight. Um, I think Kentucky would be comfortable getting him at. at getting him in to their weight program and, and training program and get him to a playing weight of one eighty five, one ninety. I think they'd be they'd be happy with that as a freshman. He's a one and done player, so you just gotta get him you know, you've seen guys like K D and, and other, you know, shoot Brandon Ingram himself. I mean he's he's rail thin too. So you don't have to be, you know, bulk up a whole whole lot But just enough to where you can compete Against those elite SEC defenders And, and the strong anchors down low um, He can create a spot Create a shot in, in the mid range And three and beyond the arc But it's just about how he can How he can uh, do that Inside once he gets to uh, The college basketball ranks That's where it is going to get impressive um, I told you I'm going to keep it short So we're going to try To keep it right at where it is right now not go too far uh, too far ahead I guess I can touch a little bit on the Isaiah Jackson um, news I did hear a little bit more positive uh, Kentucky buzz but it I, I I'm still struggling to, to decide if it if it was if it's just guesses at this point, or people that actually know anything. Because um, as we we had his high school head coach on the podcast just a few days ago, as he said, nobody in his in his camp is talking. His father is not talking. That um, you know, he'll say all three options are even at this point. Um, I still I, I still don't see Syracuse as a legitimate option. I, I think it's um, Kentucky or, or Alabama for certain. But the buzz around Alabama is that the their coaching staff seems to think that they got him um they're, they're, i don't know if i don't know if i should say that they think they got him but they're very comfortable with with the position that they have put put their program in um meanwhile Kentucky has been completely silent i don't know if uh they got frustrated after the Cade Cunningham we talked about this a little bit a few days ago i don't know if they're frustrated with how the Cade Cunningham thing went and leaks and and all that stuff but they have gone silent about this, and it's been silent pretty much for for about a week or two with with Isaiah Jackson. Maybe yeah, probably pushing two weeks. It's been very very quiet with him, and um, you you just got to kind of read between the lines on what he's saying and and what you know his his. His coach came on and, and said something along the lines of that a decision has not been made. Um, David, I believe, talked to his father who said that a decision yes, 100 percent has not been made, um, but he's kind of close to it. We'll have to see. I if I still had to give a prediction, I'd say Alabama. But I think that is 100 percent just reading the tea leaves. I I am I am not comfortable saying that this is. You know, sources tell me that that. Kentucky has taken over as a leader. I, I'm I'm not comfortable in that boat, but um, I I do think that it's very strange that it's been so quiet, and that ever since the the kind of optimism f- leaving his visit, I remember I talked to somebody that was there present at, that present at his visit and and. All sides kind of left giddy, like they they knew how well that visit went. No no commitment happened. Like Devin Askew committed on his visit, uh, BJ Boston committed on his visit, um, Cameron Fletcher committed on his visit. Those guys, like once it was a done deal, that leaked out rather quickly. Um, but this one, I was told, if a commitment 100 percent didn't happen, he's gonna go home and 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 think things over. But leaving that visit they thought they they thought it went very very well and they they're pretty confident from there but then ever since then it's been quiet man it's just been so so quiet he enjoyed his Alabama visit. Um, you know the nate oats. I've I've been, went on the the KSR pregame show. Uh, I've I've sung his praises. He's done a phenomenal job, at least on the recruiting circuit. I know they've they they had a pretty tough loss to open the year, but um, he's done a phenomenal job on the recruiting circuit. Has developed a great relationship with Isaiah Jackson specifically and his family, and and there's a reason that they are competing with Kentucky for this kid. They have put in more work. They have they have. Put in more time, more effort They, they were on him first um, Kentucky is Kentucky And I think that's why it's been such a hard decision I think if, if it were between Alabama and Syracuse it's, This decision would, would have already been made And he would have been committed to Alabama a while ago I think he just, Kentucky I think he knows how much Kentucky needs a big man next year And what they're expecting to lose And, and it makes sense why he's He is having to think Really hard about this So we'll see um, I I'm Not comfortable giving a a Firm prediction on this If I had to give a loose Guess based on tea leaves I'd say It'd be Alabama 55-45 it's that close but um, That's just nothing more Than a guess um, we will be back next week for a breakdown of whatever the heck happens with him. I, I can um, reach out to his his co- if if this commitment does happen and he does end up at, at Kentucky, I can have his coach back on um, next week to kind of break down what he was what what he's. Uh, will be allowed to tell us after that, considering it, it was very obvious that he was withholding some stuff, and that's fine. That's you know, they're, they're, there's no problem with that. We'll try to have him on. Maybe I can get David to get um, Wes Jackson on, and, and we'll, we'll see. Well, it'll be very interesting next couple of days, and uh, we'll we'll see how things go. I want to thank you guys for listening. Again, I apologize for the audio difficulties last time. Uh, hopefully, this this sounds a little bit better, and. Uh, come in come in a little bit more clear but uh we'll we'll try to make sure things are in order for next week's episode and we will be back then thank you for listening